Welcome to the Hot Sala Cast, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth and behind-the-scenes journey with local Hot Sala and EMS volunteers to hear their stories and get a better perspective on the lives of these local heroes. Now here's your host, Zisha Lipman. Hello everybody, welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Hot Sala Cast. My name is Zisha Lipman, host of this really cool podcast. The Hot Sala Cast, if you, for those who haven't tuned in yet, is, a, is the show that we go behind the scenes of the Hot Sala world and the EMT world, giving you a better insight to your everyday regular local Hatsala volunteers, getting their insights, sharing their stories, hearing what it's like to be a volunteer and how, and some of the cool stuff that happens within that. Um, this show is brought to you in part by sponsored in part by Hatsala Beit Shemesh, um, Israel's one of Israel's only um, EMS, private EMS organizations. And Hatsala Beit Shemesh is here to serve the greater Ramat Beit Shemesh areas. And if you're looking to find more information about them, you can visit their website at www.hatzbs.org. Um, and without further ado, I'd love to welcome our guest to the show. Actually, another volunteer for Atzala Beit Shemesh. His name is Matan Nitsky. Um, Matan has been volunteering with Atzala for quite some time now, um, and he has quite many, many stories to tell with us. Um, so I'm happy to have him on the show. He's also a registered nurse and here in Israel, which is another cool thing. Um, in the medical world. So without further ado, welcome our guest this week to the show. Matan, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Zisha? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Great Every to day. be here. For sure. Every day is a new day. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you, 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 you know that and you see that constantly dealing with what you do on a daily basis. So um, tell us, what's your story? Hey, I've, like I said, I've heard quite a lot about you from many people. And I've heard that there's plenty of stories to share. So what's your deal? Well, every uh, EMT who uh, works in the field has lots of stories. Um, Sometimes you wouldn't want to ask them what their stories are because it automatically brings up all kinds of memories, some of them better, some of them worse. So you got to be careful with that question. Okay. Um, I've uh, been living in Ramah Beit Shemesh uh, pretty much since I'm married. My uh, wife's family was actually one of the first uh, families that moved into Ramah Beit Shemesh Aleph. Um, I've been <clears throat> I've been part of the uh, EMS world since I'm pretty much 20 years old when I joined MADA as an EMT, um, and I rode the ambulances as a yeshiva bacher. Um, funny stories, I won't tell you about those days. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I've been, do- <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time. My uh, parents, my father is the, uh, an anesthesiologist, a doctor, my mother is a nurse. Oh, wow. So uh, it runs in the family. Okay. Um, and I have another sister studying to be a nurse now. Oh, wow. And I have another sister who uh, faints at the sight of blood. <laughs> <laughs> so you get one of those two. That's family. really funny. That's really, really I have funny. Uh, I have four wonderful children, and we and we've been living in Ramapi Chemish happily uh, for ten years. Wow, can I know? So you mentioned that your whole your family's pretty much pretty much has a med- medical background, except for your sister who faints at the sight of blood. How did that um, that kind of pique your interest to to join like the MS world? You know, like riding ambulances, yeshiva bucket must have been a load of fun. But like, how did that like how did so, that influence you? So actually, um, my parents never really 
spoke about medicine at home. It was like, you know, we never, my father is actually, um, he learns at the mirror most of his time. Um, and he really wanted me to stay in yeshiva and he didn't really want me to, uh, you know, go into that. Um, so I didn't really get it from there. I guess I got it from, you know, what they were doing and I, and I you know, knew that they were, what they were doing, but it really wasn't uh, discussed at home. I would, you know, look at my father's uh, medical textbooks and uh, like all the cool, gory pictures. Um, but I didn't really get much more of that at home. Um, but I grew up in Harnoff, um, and over there, there was an organization called Achove Sharnoff, oh, which yes. I absolutely loved as a kid, as we all know. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I'm very familiar with Chove Sharnoff. So that's really funny. So as a kid, you know, I watched them go around and I, and I made friends with all the uh, EMTs and then I eventually reached out to them. I just picked up the, uh, the uh, ha- ha- Harnoff um, uh, uh, phone book. Uh, you probably remember it. The, uh, I forget what it's called. Anyway, so I picked it up and I looked up Harnoff Harnoff and I called the office number and I said, hey, my name is Matan and uh, how can I help? Uh, so a fellow by the name of Eli Khan answered the phone or got back to me eventually, you know, Eli Khan. <laughs> and he said, yeah, we uh, always need help. Sure. So, um, that's, uh, the rest is history, as we say. <laughs> so in, in what, Chovesh Harnov is also like a private EMS organization technically, right? Correct. Harnov is very similar to what we're doing in Atal Beit the only main difference is that they are um, 100% under Magen Yevredom, which means that they have to deal with all their bureaucracy, and on the other hand, they have to listen to what they say. So, for example, if Magen uh, Yevredom needs the Hachovesh Harnof ambulance, which was donated 100% by the people of Harnof, um, in a call now in Kriyat Yovel, because Hachovesh brought in this really fancy ambulance that can carry a very large amount of weight. Um, so they'll take the ambulance out of the Shuna and it will be gone for the next two hours. Mm. I'm just, that's just a, an example out there why, uh, you know, it's, they have benefits by being, you know, part and parcel with, uh, with uh, Magin Dibinadom, but uh, they also have the obligations, which are, you know, for them it was, it's uh, what works and they've been doing it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hatzal Beit Shemesh, we've decided to do a very similar idea, to be a community-based uh, organization. Um, but the one thing we have is that we're totally uh, independent, which gives us a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, autonomy. We can really uh, focus on keeping the ambulances in the uh, area and to uh, do what we need for the area. And we also can accept new members only on our own terms, and we don't have to deal with uh, the bureaucracy that goes with uh, being part of a large organization. That's very interesting. You said you also volunteered with Mata. You started out volunteering with Mata as well. Was that partially with Chovesh Harnof or was that something afterwards? So, yes. So that that's, no, that's how I got involved. I, I really, uh, I got involved with Chovesh Harnof and then eventually I uh, I took a, well, I took a first aid course, a 44-hour course when I was really young. Um, I never really, I'm saying just for the fun of it. And then I, when I was around 19 years old, I took the uh, 88-hour course, which was the uh, more advanced course. Um, and then I started actually volunteering in MADA under the auspices of Hachobay Sharnof. Hachobay Sharnof is very uh, um, careful with their membership. They don't uh, accept anybody who's not married. 
So that mm. was, uh, so I couldn't actually respond as a member, mm. uh, but they had their weekly um, shifts in Mada with the Hachavashan of people. One of the, one of the things that I uh, did when I was growing up in Mada, so Mada um, is known to be a place where it's not exactly the most religious place. Mm-hmm. And I made a promise to myself, to my father, that I would never go on an ambulance shift with females. Um, so what I ended up doing is I ended up organizing the Hachavesh Hanof shift in Mada. So it was always the crew from Hanof that would go to do a shift in Mada to get a little bit more experience, a little bit more calls. And I would ride with them at least once a week. It turned into two, twice a week and then three times a week. Wow. Um, but it was always with uh, people that I knew. Uh, so I never just showed up in the Mada station and joined a random crew. Hmm. Sure, that's very cool important. that is very very cool and in terms of like mother what's what what's the difference between mother and let's say Hatzala Beit Shamash or another private EMS organization because like I hear I've talked to I've talked with a lot of volunteers who've done the show a couple of times um like this is the sixth episode and I'm, I'm curious to know like what is the what is the difference with Mada minus the bureaucracy and and the fact that it's the government or it's the government's um, ambulance service but what's the difference in terms of like the care you get in terms of the um, the ambulances in terms of like everything like what are what like and being part of it like what's what are the what are some of the differences what are some of the similarities so let's just Let's start with one of the biggest differences is the fact that Magen David Adom is, well, a few things. Number one, it's a very, very large operation. Um, and number two, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a business in a way. It's a, it's a for-profit organization. Uh, and number three is the, uh, the membership, uh, on the most part, is workers. There are plenty of volunteers. Um, and as a worker in EMS, a lot of times you'll, uh, you know, you do it as a job and it's uh, less of a calling, I guess. You know, sometimes you get into it as a as a calling, but it turns into a job. Um, mm. And it's also very Israeli, so uh, mm. you know it's a different kind of it's a different kind of care that what we're used to. And it's also you know they can't you know really for good reasons they can't go and put you know money into like the best you know equipment because they have to put it in you know a thousand ambulances. When mm. we're dealing with a small organization and we have four ambulances we can get better equipment, you know? Hmm. Um, and our guys are all volunteers and they're doing it as a calling. And as soon as you're doing it as a volunteer, you are, you know, your whole outlook when you come to a call is you're doing it only to help others. That's what you're doing it for. Hmm. So it's not just come in, you know, swipe your card, you know, do your job, go home, you know, and, and do it all over again. It's people that are coming to volunteer their time um, and that already is a huge difference in care. Hmm. Um, those are the main differences, but bureaucracy is definitely one of them. Mada has a lot of uh, very archaic rules. You can't bring with you a second person in the ambulance besides for one. So, for example, if you have a lady going in to deliver a baby, you know, she can only bring either the husband or the mother, not both. So that's one thing that we can, uh, you know, be a little bit more lenient in. Hmm. Uh, I remember a very uh, specific story. We had actually a call here in, in Ramah Bechemesh. There was a family with a Nebuch, a kid who had, uh, you know, a, a history, um, and he had recurrent seizures. He had seizures once a week, twice a week. And every time, you know, they would come, we would come. Parents knew the drill. We would go to the hospital and come back, and everything would be fine. 
At one point, I guess someone else called us and Mada at the same time, which can happen. And Mada was not going to let the mother take this child's special chair, which she needs, in the ambulance with them because they're not allowed to bring any extra you know, stuff with them. And mother said that if we do not bring this special chair with him, he's going to have the worst time in the hospital. We've done this a hundred times. We know that they don't have this specific chair that this child needs. And just that silly little thing, they were not willing to take. And th- they were going to have a terrible time at the hospital because they were in, the t- child's head would be falling back the whole time. So we were able to go and say, you know what? Thank you very much. Come, come with us. We're happy to take whatever you need. And that was made all the difference. This, this small little thing. But, um, you know, wow. sh- for a parent that's going through so much hardship already with a child like that, the littlest things like that can really make all the difference. Right. No, for sure. And, and, and I mean, I, that shows in, in terms of like what you just said, is that sometimes when people are doing this for a job, you punch in, you do your nine to five. So there's, there, there's, there's, there's little empathy in the, I'm, not, I'm not saying that there's no empathy involved, but like there's, there's not as much like, you know, empathy and sympathy going into, into that situation. Um, when, when you're, when you're, when you're not doing it as a, on a volunteer basis where you're also giving your time to deal with these types of situations. And I feel like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that the 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 people that they're not that people are doing when you're doing this as a paid job, like you don't have that same that same effect. But it seems like it it's not as it's not there all the time, probably because you're doing it day in and day out. Right. Also, at some point, you know, it loses a little bit of its uh, original effect. But I'm not saying there's a lot of great uh, um, workers in Mada, there's a lot of great volunteers in Mada, but, you know, it's just the uh, general idea when you're coming as the uh, volunteer-only organization, and especially at Tzal Chemish, we're very careful with the type of people that we accept, right. and the, basically when we, I'm also, I don't know if I told you, I'm also one of the board members in Atzal, I'm also a dispatcher, driver, um, wow. I've done pretty much it all. <laughs> wow. And... Um, one of the things that we, we, we say when we're considering a new applicant is, would we feel comfortable with this person in our bedroom with an emergency in the middle of the night? You know, yeah. so it's really, you need to be, are very careful about taking people that we're very, very comfortable with. Um, so that's a specific type of person that, you know, we're wow. very careful about. So, so now that you just mentioned that, you know, you say you've been doing this for quite some time and you, you've kind of done it all. Um, how do you, how do you gauge, like, meaning mine is that, that specific point, how else do you gauge who is like, who would be a good volunteer that you'd want to have on the team? Like, what are some of the processes and what are some of the, 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 the things that you do to, to gauge who is, who would be a good volunteer? So I'll tell you that's an interesting question. Um, it's a funny thing. I always say, we'll say, oh, we need more volunteers. Let's just to make a new course, right? So yeah. every single course works exactly the same way. You have 100 people interested. You have 40 people that sign up. You have 30 people that show up. You have 20 people that last through the first uh, month of the course. You have 50 people that get through the course and graduate. And then you have 10 people that join Hatsala. And then out of those 10 people, you have three that are active. 
Okay, so that's that's just the way that's just the way it is. It weeds itself out. It's a specific kind of mishugana you need to be to be a Hatzalah member, um, and okay. it's not most people. ADHD helps for sure, um, but uh, it's really and I, some people that we thought were will be great and a great fit. You know, they go through the course, they pass the course, they sign up, they become a volunteer, and then you don't hear from them. I'm like. Hmm what's going on this guy is we thought was amazing and they just don't don't respond and they don't have it you know and e- you either have it or you don't have it usually yeah. um there are a few people that i can say that i wasn't sure that they had it and that they proved themselves eventually so right. you definitely can get it um but it's uh it's a personal thing it's not an easy thing to uh, do it's not an easy thing to uh to know who would be good um the one thing i said first the first things first by us, at least, and it's all a bit Jewish, we want to make sure that the person is, uh, is the type of personality that we're comfortable with, that's A, and B, that he is also a, a professional and proficient in his knowledge, and calm and uh, cool and uh, under stress. Those are the main things. Um, everything else you can learn and you can, uh, you, can uh, you know, er- the field is really where you get your experience. I always say that the course is just, uh, you know, a, a, an entry ticket to the real right. world. You right. know, you just need that in order to get in to start learning. But you, you really, you really learn in the in the field about you know how things uh, really are. That's very interesting. That is very, very interesting. Um, wow, that that you know, I, I hear that because yeah, once you see people out in action, once you see what the, like what they're capable of doing and how they're doing and how they're handling the situation, because it's like you. You know how we say like you, you're osik beinin, like you don't know until you're until you're actually involved in the matter. You're not really you don't. It, everything else is just theoretical. It's it's like it's like a lot of things. Like until you're until you're actually involved in the matter itself, everything else is theoretical. And so it it, it must be interesting to see people go out in the field and and the people you thought oh wow they're they're sitting there doing the course they're doing it very well but like when they go out there and they're just like oh you know it. It's that's very that that's very. Interesting. I'm also going to say that we have a very we have a very careful intake process when a, when a, when someone becomes uh, passes his test. There's a very long process they go through until they're actually able to go out on their own. Uh, there's a process that they're called an observer. They come along as a third unit, uh, yeah. third member to the call, and they're basically watching. And uh, we can a lot of times be more experienced members. Um, working with them at these calls when they're still just an observer, mm-hmm. we can get a sense of uh, where they're where they're holding and uh, what they need. And they, you know, after the call, they come to us and they say, "Okay, what did you do here?" You know, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, it's a, it's a pretty it's a long process. I'm not going to go into all the details, but it's a nice long process. That by the time this person is ready to be a Hatzala member, full fledged, right. he's gotten his experience, he's gotten his mentorship, he's gotten his uh, tips, he's gotten his uh, sometimes a little bit of uh, uh, musar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's a very long process and, uh, the people that stick with it are special people. And uh, I salute every single one of them because it's not an easy thing to get through. Um, I, I must say it is very rewarding. So there's, there's something about that. That's very cool. Now you're also, from what I, what I've been told, you're, you're, you're a registered nurse here in Israel, correct? I am a registered nurse. Correct. So how does that play into and also a paramedic? Okay. That there's a difference in this country. There's a difference well, between paramedic well, and, and volunteer. Well, I'll tell you like this. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, there is uh, a volunteer is needs to be what's called an EMT. 
emergency yeah. medical technician, also yes. known in most places as BLS, basic life support. Okay. Um, or ambulance attendant in, in, in English countries. Um, but the next level up and really the highest level in the field is uh, what's called EMTP or paramedic, um, where they are given a lot of, um, so basically, I don't know if you, if you know an EMT, a regular EMT doesn't really provide any medication or right. any um, intervention. Right. Um, what they'll do is they'll basically what we all do, even as paramedics, what we do is we try to leave the uh, the patient's uh, current situation as is and keep them like that until they get to the hospital. So on an on a BLS level, on an EMT level, um, there's really not much of their action. They're they're doing a lot. I'm not saying they're not doing a lot, but they're not. They're able to you know perform CPR, defibrillate, give oxygen. In Israel, they can actually open up an, a line and give an IV, which is not like in, in, in the U.S. Uh, EMT uh, Bs, BLS can't do that. Um, mm. And really the most important thing in EMS is getting the patient as quickly as possible to the hospital in most cases. Right. Um, but sometimes you have a patient who won't make it to the hospital. Um, so in those cases, there's, there are a few interventions that paramedics can do. For example, we can provide medications for a patient having uh, difficulty breathing, either if it's your asthma or because of pulmonary edema or all kinds of things like that. We can give, actually give medications. We can intubate people. We can uh, anesthetize people. We can wow. give pain meds. We can cardio. There's a lot of interventions that a paramedic can do, um, which requires a lot more um, schooling mm-hmm. um, and uh, certification. It's, it's not an easy uh, thing to do, um, but it's... Uh, it's basically, if you ask any Hatzala guy what he wants to be, usually he'll say he wants to be a paramedic because that's really, uh, I guess there, there's a lot more that you can do. And you're, you know, right. you have a lot of, uh, you, have, you get a lot of experience. Now, as a nurse, uh, nursing is a lot longer of a, of a, of a schooling. Nurses uh, have to, it's a, it's a, you know, bachelor's degree. It's actually, you have to go to school for about four years for it. Um, and then in Israel, there is uh, there's boards. Um, so nurses know a lot. They learn a lot. They do a lot of anatomy, physiology, a lot of pharmacology. Um, and they have a lot of this like knowledge of the disease process. Nurses are there more to heal, to treat. Um, paramedics are there to save lives. That's what we always say. Hmm. I remember when I was in my uh, paramedic course, my, my instructor said, our job as paramedics is not to treat patients. Our job is to save lives. And then he said, you guys, you, where I was in a class of all nurses, it's a special bridge program. You guys, when, when you're nurses, your job is to treat and to heal. Okay. But when you're a paramedic, you're there just to save lives. Mm. So it's, uh, so it's definitely given me as a nurse, uh, especially working as a nurse, you get a lot of knowledge of, uh, you know, anatomy, physiology of, uh, different kinds of, um, medicines and you get for example i work uh in a clinic and i do a lot of blood work so i'm very good at you know starting lines and finding veins you're a phlebotomist is that and you know there's all kinds of uh you know knowledge that you have i am a nurse so a nurse is automatically a phlebotomist it's a fun Um, word it's a fun word to say but um like it it is definitely a phlebotomist is a very fun word i agree um (laughs) So I'm saying there's a lot that you bring as a nurse and a paramedic to the field where it's very unique. Uh, it's uh, not many out, you know, people out there that are, that are like that. 
Um, and it definitely gives you a little bit of, uh, you know, also out of the hospital, also in the hospital, you have to learn how to work in the field. It's also giving me, you know, as a nurse, it's giving me a lot to become a paramedic. So I, you know, can treat, you know, I can see a situation in a more acute, you know, kind of setting. If someone comes into my clinic in you know, like an emergency, I don't like freak out, you know, everyone right. calls me, they know to call me in the right. clinic, all the doctors. We actually, when we, we started the uh, new vaccination program with the uh, COVID vaccinations, so yeah. um, one, of the, uh, one of the scary things about the vaccination is the possibility of a severe allergic reaction. Right. Okay, called anaphylactic shock. Now, in that case, you need to act right away. So before we, um, before we, we opened up the, uh, the vaccination spot in my clinic, the uh, medical director of our clinic came over to me and said, hey, uh, I want to give a class on anaphylactic shock. Would you, would you mind giving it? I'm like, me? Like, you have a lot of doctors over here. Why won't they give it? And she's like, no, 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 I want you. So I ended up giving a class to the entire uh, medical staff over there about how to uh, treat anaphylaxis. Um, and I showed them and everything. And it was a lot of fun for me. Definitely blew my ego up. Um, but, uh, you know, if something were to happen, you know, really, at the end of the day, they went, went around the room and the, the, the medical director of the clinic said, okay, now, how many of you would feel comfortable intubating? So... One doctor who's like pretty new, like raised his hand. Another one that uh, one that we have is an anesthesiologist, so that's what he used to do. So he also raised his hand, and everybody else is like, lift their hands down. And I'm like, I could do it because <laughs> that's what something that we do as paramedics. So it's it's a little bit scary because you know what? At the end of the day, um, doctors that are working in a clinic don't really deal with emergencies on a day to day basis. And you know what they say: if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. So you really need to. Um, you know, it's a little bit scary, actually, if you think about it. But, you know, hopefully uh, their instincts will kick in in a uh, time of a real emergency. But, uh, That's so you interesting. Know, you, have to, uh, you have to practice it, you know? No, for sure. That's very interesting. Yeah. How many other volunteers um, that you're working with are, are registered nurses or doctors or paramedics? So nobody else that I know in this area are also a nurse and also a paramedic. We have in Hatzalabi Chemish another paramedic by the name of Alad. Uh, Moshe Brunner, CEO, used to be a paramedic in Muncie, but he never restored a fighter. I keep pushing him to. Um, hopefully one day he will. Um, we have a few other uh, guys that are nurses. Actually, one of, the, one of our members is, uh, is a fellow that I studied with at nursing school. Um, maybe he'll speak to him one day. Um, but he's well, the funny thing is when it comes to EMS, they don't really um, count nurses, which is pretty sad <clears throat> because nurses have a lot of, uh, of knowledge. But we had actually a nurse that we wanted to, to, uh, to volunteer with us. And we looked into it by Mr. Adabriot and they said, no, they have to do also an EMT certification, which is like pretty crazy. But that's they would so, basically so accept this person's four years. Of that's exactly. So it's so backwards. So, it's like you, you, you're, you're pra you practically did medical school. But you can't. But you can't be a volunteer EMS. Oh. <laughs> right. You know what? I'll, I hear it if it's a nurse. I hear it if it's a nurse who works in dialysis or something like that, which is not really emergency related. But this was an emergency room nurse. That's who we bring patients to when we get to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> they know their stuff backwards and forwards, and they didn't accept it. So it's pretty crazy. So the guys that I know on on Hatzalabi Chemish um, have been EMTs with us before, and then they went to nursing school. So we have. Um, two more, two guys that are also nurses. Wow, that's pretty good. So, uh, Eitan Berkowitz and uh, it's a 
That's pretty good that you that you know that there's other people within the like with with a higher level of medical experience and medical knowledge to to be involved in the in the volunteer process. And I'm sure that also makes people more more comfortable and more relaxed in the ambulance when they know like like if you get on the call if you get in the ambulance and you tell people you probably tell people I'm also a registered nurse it probably calms people down a lot more also because they know that they're in really good hands. So I, <laughs> it's funny I try not to say it because I don't know it just sounds funny when you're saying it about yourself. But usually what will happen is that somebody else will say it. Oh yeah, he's a paramedic and a nurse. You should trust him. And I'm like. I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but it does usually make them feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, I'm sure because because at the end of the day, your 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 life your life is in, in is in these guys' hand is in your hands. That, you know, and you want to make people feel as comfortable as possible so they don't freak out. Well, it's in Hashem's hands. Where yes, we yeah. I hope most of the people that we serve believe and know that we're they're in Hashem's hands and we're just uh, messengers. We try to be good shlichim, but uh, yeah. You're doing your shlokas there. Um, so my other question to you is, you've been doing this for quite some time, um, since you're 20. I'm sure you've amassed some interesting stories. What is, has there any, has there any, has there been any situation, any story, any, any call that sticks out in your mind that you want to tell our listeners about? Ooh, there's so many. Like I said to you before, uh, when you do that uh, to an EMT or anyone who's been in this business, uh, right away, lots of images uh, flash uh, flash by. Some of them are, are very traumatic. Uh, for example, I was one of the responders in the American Zarav uh, terrorist attack, oh. which uh, is images that will never uh, will never leave uh, leave me. Um, I've been to you know a, a few of those, uh, the tractor attacks as well. Um, but a story that usually comes up somehow because everyone wants to hear it again um, is actually a story that happened to me with Hatzal Beit Shemesh uh, one Shabbos um, heading actually uh, finished dropping off a patient uh, a Yoledet uh, a woman to give birth not in the uh, in Chayetetek and we're coming back with our gurney and as we always do we bring with ourselves a birthing kit um, you know, just in case something happens, you know, from when we park the ambulance, get in the elevator, go up to the ninth floor and get to the uh, delivery room. Um, so it's automatic that everyone knows that we always bring it with us, you know, and uh, one day it actually proved itself useful. So we've already dropped off our patient and uh, we're on our way back on the second floor where the uh, ambulance bay is. And I'm heading out and I see this uh, flying past me and I'm like, okay. And then I see him flying past me the other way. And I'm like, um, can, can I help you? He's like, where's the wheelchair? I'm like, okay, uh, let's go find one. Let me help you find one. I'm like, what's going on? No, no, just tell me where the wheelchair is. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I pointed in the way, and then I see him like running. I'm like, what's going on? So I walked with him, and I found the wheelchair. His wife had just is in labor. Um, they came from pretty close by, from by the gun. And I see that he's totally not. I'm like, let me, you know, just just take you to the to where you need to go. So I actually put her on my. Uh, no, I think we got we got a wheelchair for her. And we were wheeling them together. And I just keep the, the gurney with me because, you know, we don't want to lose it. And our birthing kit. And we get onto the Shabbos elevator because that's what they have in Chiratetic. It's a wonderful religious hospital. And as we're going up the flights, one by one, she's like, okay, the baby's coming. And between floor two and floor nine, we got this uh, patient onto our stretcher. We opened up our birthing kit and we proceeded to deliver a very healthy baby in the elevator. 
as it went up, floor, floor, floor. Every time the doors are opening, there's a huge mirror right in front of us. And I told the husband, you know, tell people to stop by. The EMT that was with me had never been in delivery before in his life, and he was totally shocked. And um, by the time we got up to the ninth floor, this baby was born, Baruch Hashem, beautiful and healthy. Um, and um, we handed them off to the uh, staff in the Chedor uh, um, so that was, uh, that was something, you know, born in the elevator. It's actually funny on the way back when we were finishing, you know, you know, the mess, you know, the patient's um, crocs were left in the elevator. So we went, you know, uh, back then and we saw them. So we said, oh, we'll, we'll bring them back up to her. And this lady comes into the elevator and she said, oh, wow, it's so nice to have a Shabbos elevator in the hospitals. It's uh, Shomer Shabbos. It's wonderful. And I'm like, you know, mm, not so sure about that in our case. And I'm like, yeah, we just sort of delivered a baby in the ambulance. She's like, a baby? My, my daughter? What was her name? I'm like, yeah, Mazel tov. You had a baby girl. Here are the shoes. Go bring them to her. Mazel tov, bye. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. <laughs> wow. That's, that's a trip. That's always a good story. That, that's hilarious. That that's hilarious. Now, and, and you mentioned before that you 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 respond. You were part of the response. One of the crews that responded to the Merkaz Rav um, massacre. That had to be tough, man. That had to be real tough. It sure was. <laughs> and this is when you were part of Kolvei um, Sharnov. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I was actually um, I was affiliated with Kolvei Sharnov. I wasn't married yet, so I wasn't yet a, a full fledged member. Um, but I uh, had their radio because my job was to give it to the uh, doctor, Tehran, every week. So I had it with me. Do that. There weren't any problems with that. And basically, what happened over there is that it was right, right, Purim time. I don't know if you remember. Yep. And as you know, when Purim comes, a lot of firecrackers come. And yep. Mada got the original calls, and they were sure of the Purim call. And what ended up happening is that one of the uh, students in Merkazara was a resident of Hanof, and he, instead of calling Mada, he called the Hachavei Hanof emergency number. And they answered and took it seriously and put it out on the uh, radio before like Mada even knew what was going on. And I was pretty close by and I remember I got there and I parked my, I had, I had a bike at the time. I parked my bike right in front and I heard shooting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not over yet. And I ran for cover because the first thing you know, as an EMT safety first, I was sure that I was gonna get back and there was gonna be holes in my bike. Um, and the shooting continued for a very long time and nobody else really knew about it, you know, yet. It only afterwards came out on Mondo, maybe five minutes later as a real incident. And we just waited until, uh, we were cleared to go in by the, uh, Shabak. I think it was, whoever was there with scary police guys. And yeah. Black, yeah. Uh, super cops. And, uh, super cops. And uh, when we finally, I was with, I already, uh, I joined my, actually, my Hachavei crew. They came there. They're one of the first people there, like I said, because they took it seriously. And they sent the ambulance from Harnof down the block. So they were the first ambulance on scene. And I knew all the guys, so I right away joined them. And we actually, in Hachavei as we actually do in Hatzel Beit have bulletproof vests. And we got there, and the, I don't remember exactly, I think it was Matthew Rabinowitz, who's actually a paramedic in Hachavei um, started give, handing us that bulletproof vest. And it was, it was totally surreal and helmets. We put on these bulletproof vests, we put on these helmets and we went in and it was just terrible. So we actually ended up transporting one victim um, who wasn't so terrible. They actually brought him out to us 
on a make, I think it was a door. They pulled off a door and they put this, this person on a door and they brought him to us. And he didn't have any gunshot wounds, but he had a very bad burn on his hand. And after he got off the shock a little bit and we were on the way to the hospital, um, he told us that, you know, the terrorist was going down the aisles of the library. You know, there's a bookshelf, another bookshelf. And he was going one by one, shooting whoever was there and then continuing to the next column and to the next column. And he was in one of the columns and he heard what was going on and he knew that he was going to be next. And as soon as the terrorist came to his column, he jumped him and pushed away the gun. And the gun was so hot from, uh, from being used that he actually had a nice se severe burn on his hand. Uh, but he uh, Baruch Hashem, was able to run out and make it out alive. So that wow. was uh, pretty miraculous. We actually went back Another time for someone who, out of shock, ran out of the yeshiva and ran like, I don't know, like to the next neighborhood and just was broken down like in shock and we got called for him. So we were still in our bulletproof vest and sweating like you can't believe it. Um, it was just so surreal. I remember the second time we like we, we, we uh, transported, I like I felt dizzy like like where am I? It was just it was just so surreal. Wow. But uh, yeah, and the images that uh, I saw in the library were absolutely uh, terrible. That, that's in, that, young that, children, you know, there were kids. Yeah. yeah there yeah. was blood all over the place on the floor. I, I remember I, I knelt down over there and <clears throat> there was blood on my, my pants and they had to be buried. <laughs> wow. So uh, that, that, that's crazy. That, that's, that's beyond. But, you know, it's 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 there. There are no words. Like you know, it's insane that how how that happened. Now, I, I how, how I wonder how Mata must have felt that they didn't take the call seriously at first. Well, it's understandable. They probably got a lot of right. those at the, the time. You know, <clears throat> a lot of uh, calls like that. And in order to you know say that something's real, you really in those cases you'll wait to hear one or two or three callers, and then you say, okay, we have something real going on over here. So I'm assuming they didn't want to make a huge mess out of it because as soon as Mada puts out a call like that, it becomes, a, you know, there's a series of events that happens when you put out what's called an MCI mass casualty incident, um, which really, it's a, it's a real large scale response. And there's like a whole protocols put in place and automatically ambulances start coming from neighboring, you know, towns to back up the ambulance to the, the regular, the Shigra, what's called the, uh, the regular calls that still need to be covered while all of the ambulances in the area, you know, converge onto that scene. So uh, Mod is hesitant to put out uh, what's called the Aran or Rabbi's game. So uh, they don't, it's not the first thing they'll, they'll do, but uh, eventually this, uh, this, you know, they, they took it seriously and they did uh, a great job. Wow. As usual. Sadly, uh, we're very versed in uh, these things over here and everyone around the world actually learns from, uh, from us how to treat uh, and deal with uh, MCIs. Wow. Shaloni that, we, should, we should never need this, this experience. No, no way. Now, again, like I said, like you mentioned before, you've been doing this for a while. What is something that you would, um, if someone wants to volunteer for Atsala or Mata or any like EMS, whether it's here or abroad um, in the States or, or Europe, anywhere, what, as, as a seasoned um, veteran in this field, what, what advice would you give to somebody looking to, to join? Um, there's a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, I would probably say, <laughs> I would probably say what, uh, one of my mentors actually said to me, 
um, who is a paramedic from Hatzal and Flatbush, great guy. <clears throat> and I asked him when I was uh, studying uh, paramedic school and I said, uh, well, what's your advice for me? He said, the day you stop learning, stop doing. You know, this kind of work that we do is you're constantly learning. You're constantly trying to do better. You're try constantly trying to expand your professionalism, your knowledge, your experiences. And as soon as you say, okay, I know everything, then that's it. You're done. You can't, you can't, you can't uh, keep up in the, in the field like that. You really need to always, every day is a learning experience. Every call is another experience. Um, and, you know, someone who is, uh, you know, a, a doctor or a, a nurse or a paramedic um, that, that's, uh, you know, very egotistic and they think that, you know, they know it all, you know what I mean? Those are dangerous people. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you really uh, have to be careful from that. And like I said, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but uh, the most important thing we have to understand is that, um, you know, we're lucky to be shlichim, we're lucky to be able to uh, be people that are there in, you know, people's worst times. You know, when someone's having an emergency like that, nobody, nobody thinks about it, nobody dreams it until it happens. Um, and then when, when you're able to be there with them through, you know, good times and bad, through the bringing in of life and, uh, you know, when, when life ends and all in between. Uh, it's, a very, uh, it's a very special, you know, it's a very intimate part of someone's life that you actually get to, you know, in a, in a small way, be a part of. Um, so it's, uh, it's really a privilege. And, you know, you have to uh, take that responsibility seriously and uh, do your best to uh, keep, uh, keep learning, keep working. And, uh, you know, if someone gives you a little bit of uh, musr, you know, take it, you know, move on, move on, grow some thick skin. You need to grow thick skin in this, uh, in this uh, industry. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. That, that's, that, that's really good. That's really deep too. And it, I, I hope that and whoever's listening to this, um, and if you're interested in joining any Hatala organization or EMS organization, I hope that that really resonates. Well, Matan, it was an absolute pleasure having you on our show this week. And um, the stories you shared are just beyond. And I wish you tremendous hasluch on everything you're doing with this. Continue to keep doing this <laughs> and enjoying the, the fact that you enjoy what you do. You look. I just want to say one. I just want to say one. Yeah. Um, I love what I do. <laughs> I just want to add one last thing is that uh, I, I've been doing this, like you said, for a long time. And what we're doing here in Hatzal Beit Shemesh specifically mm -hmm. is, in my opinion, really the, the, the right way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a volunteer organization. Everyone is handpicked. It's a caring, great group of people. And Hatzala has its plenty of its hardships. You know, I spoke to some Hatzala guys in the U.S. and they're going through some of the issues we have with the bureaucracy, with the you know building ambulances from scratch from you know vendors who don't know what an ambulance is. We have to you know you know baby step them through it. So many things that we have, you know, dealing with our radio system, we have so many, I would say, challenges, unique challenges, because we're doing it something that's different, that's special in Israel. And when I hear these Haftal guys from America, they're like, you guys are crazy. We would never, you know, we go, we pick up an ambulance from the lot. It's ready. We tell them exactly what we want. And it's perfect. It's done. 
You know, we want a radio system. We go to a vendor. We, you know, we pick up a radio system. We have hurdle after hurdle after hurdle that we go through. And we have a lot of great people that are working uh, here. And, um, and we really are, are doing something. I, I feel like when, uh, as part of Atalabay Chemish, as part of the, you know, uh, the administration a little bit, uh, the coordinator, as dispatcher, a driver, paramedic, all of that. I feel that we're doing it, you know, the right way for the right reasons, you know, really um, to help people um, out of, you know, very, very clear and uh, pure, um, you know, guidelines, sites. That's what we're holding. And uh, it's very special to me to be a part of it. Um, and uh, my dream uh, is to bring us to the next level and to provide one day our own advanced life support uh, service in, in Atzalabit which is another huge challenge. Um, but uh, I, I think we're going to get there. That's great. That, that's really great. And like I said, you seem like you, you, you look really happy and you look like you really enjoy what you do, both on the volunteer side and as, as a profession. And I think that really shows. And I think that means people are in really good hands. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your sharing your stories with us and your experiences. And I wish you tremendous Thank you. Thank you for all you've just listened to another great episode of the Hot Solid Cast. My pleasure. My if you like what you hear, all the best, my friends. Subscribe to Enjoy. our show on all major podcasting platforms. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and stay tuned every week as we reveal a new episode of the Hot Solid Cast. And remember, if you need help, call your local EMS or Hot Solid organization. Stay safe. Stay tuned.